And welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA. I'm Warren Landis, your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And I want to say hello especially to our listeners on Anchor FM, as well as Spotify and some of the other platforms we broadcast on here at Sunshine USA. Uh, it is uh, great to have people like you listening who believe in the importance of daily getting into the Word of God to see what the Word of God has to say to us. Now, we are in the midst of another Bible study series. This one is uh, a Bible study series in uh, Zechariah. Zechariah. And we covered yesterday uh, the first chapter of Zechariah. And... uh, it proved to be very interesting, and I think all 14 chapters of Zechariah are going to be proving themselves to be very, very interesting. Now, Zechariah is a minor prophet, even though his prophecy is longer than uh, Haggai that we studied last time. Haggai, you'll recall, only had two chapters, and we have 14 chapters In Zechariah. Now, Zechariah is probably uh, the most messianic of all the minor prophets. <clears throat> and he also has prophecy concerning uh, the end times, uh, not as much as books like Revelation or Daniel, for example, but we do find end time prophecy in the book of Zechariah. So it is indeed and in fact a very interesting book. Now, Zechariah uh, continues the emphasis of of Haggai in encouraging the Jews to return to Jerusalem for the rebuilding of the temple. Now this uh, took some encouraging because the Jews were not over eager to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. They were much more eager to go back to Jerusalem and and rebuild their nice homes. Um, (laughs) When it came to rebuilding the temple, they came up with seemingly all kinds of reasons why they couldn't do it. You know, uh, they felt like, well, you know, it would just be too expensive uh, to rebuild the temple. Or they would say, you know, now is just not the right time to be rebuilding a temple. But God says, look, I want you to go. I want you to rebuild the temple. And I want you to know anything and everything you need to rebuild that temple, I'm going to supply it. You know, and, and of course, there's a, uh, a lot of truth there for us today as well, knowing that God will supply anything that you and I need in order to do the work that God has called us to do. If I need something to do this ministry called Sunshine USA, I have no doubt at all that God will supply that need. And the reason I believe that is because of the fact that I know that God has called me into the ministry, number one, and number two, he specifically called me to start up this ministry nearly 10 years ago called Sunshine USA. Amen. Now, in the broadcast today, we come to Zechariah chapter 2. 
Now, I think you're going to find this is not an especially long chapter, but it is interesting to see that we have uh, some neat stuff here. Now, in the last chapter, we studied the first two visions that Zechariah had. He had, um, I believe, a grand total of eight visions, and all of my Bible commentaries point out the fact that these are visions and not dreams. These are visions and not dreams. Uh, there's a difference between a vision and a dream, and I think I pointed this out pretty adequately yesterday. Uh, a dream can be about anything. And the dream you have at night, it, it may not even make sense. And the dream you have at night, uh, you may not even remember it the next morning. You know, medical scientists tell us that we have quite a few dreams at night, many of which we, ne we never remember. You know, last night when you slept, you probably had more dreams than you thought you had. Hey, Amen. But what... Zechariah experience were visions, and visions here could be described as being a direct message from God, or God making a direct revelation to us. That's what a vision is. Um, chapter 2, we read where it says, I lifted up mine eyes again, and I looked, and behold, a man with the measuring line in his hand. And then said I, Whither goest thou? And he said unto me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breadth thereof, and what is the length thereof. Verse 3, And behold, the angel that talked with me went forth, and another angel went out to meet him. And said unto him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For I saith, for I saith the Lord, will be unto her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. Ho ho, come forth and flee from the land of north, saith the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four wounds of the heavens, saith the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion, and dwell us with the daughter of Babylon. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. In other words, what God is saying here to... Um, the people of Israel and Judah, is that I am going to protect you. And I am going to destroy your enemies, including the very people that held you in captivity for 70 years. I'm going to destroy them. And I'm going to protect you. And because of that, he says Jerusalem is not going to need this great big old wall that most towns and cities have because I'm going to be their protector. I'm going to be their defender. I'm going to be their need supplier, <laughs> so to speak. Therefore, they don't need no wall. 
Now, you'll, re you'll, you'll remember all along it was God's will for the nation of Israel to be a theocracy. Now, a theocracy is ruled by God. Notice I said theocracy and not democracy. Democracy is ruled by the people. But God says, I want my people to be a theocracy. I want to be their leader. I want to be their boss. I want to be the one supplying the needs that they have. And I want to be the one defending them and protecting them. Now, I have pointed out before, I live now, and I have lived since last week of November, I have lived in the apartment that I'm living in now. It's the nicest apartment I have ever had. And I might add, it's the cheapest apartment I've ever had. Amen. It's an apartment building, especially designed for those of us that are senior citizens. You have to be at least 62 years old to live here. Now, the other thing I want to point out is the fact that this building has reasonably good security. And, and I thank God for that. I mean, it probably has uh, overall the best security system of any building I've ever lived in. And I thank God for that. But I'm not dependent on any security system that man has. Ultimately, I depend on God for my security. Now, here at the building where I live now, we have a um, we have a uh, good security system. As I say, we have TV cameras. Um, we have um, um, an electronic pass that you have to have in order to get into the building. And then, of course, I need a key after that to get into my actual apartment. So I thank God for the building that I have, that I live in, I thank God for the reasonably good security system that I have. But ultimately, my security system is not dependent on God. I mean, pardon me, <laughs> it is dependent on God. It's not dependent on this building. <laughs> Why well, I think the devil got into my words there. You know, I depend on God ultimately, not some security system in, in the building that I live in. God will take care of me. God will supply the needs that I have. Um, I don't mind telling him I'm a little bit leery of these TV and radio preachers spend so much airtime asking for money. Uh, I believe very strongly in the fact that if you're doing the work that God has called you to do, and you're doing it the way God told you to do it, then guess what? <laughs> you need to be aware of the fact that God is going to supply the needs that you have. Now, I, I don't have any problem with you taking a couple of minutes just to give the people an opportunity to give money to your ministry if they want to and, and tell them how to do it and everything. But I, I don't believe that you take 20 minutes out of a 30-minute broadcast and talk about the need for money. Because once again, I believe that if God has truly called you to go into the ministry, and he's truly called you to do what you're doing in the ministry, 
then you can depend upon the Lord to provide every need that you have. Amen? Amen. And so, <laughs> this guy with the measuring rod, he's basically being told, your services are not needed. Your services are not needed. Because we don't need a wall here. And so that is really an exciting thing. Now, one thing I'm going to do here, and this is something totally impromptu, uh, I didn't plan to go into uh, I didn't plan to go into the uh, third chapter of Zechariah, but I think I will because, like I say, the second chapter was relatively short. It says in Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1, And he showed me Joshua, the high priest. Now, this is Joshua, the high priest. This is not uh, the Joshua that we read about earlier in our Old Testament study. This is Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to assist him. Resist him, rather. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord has chosen Jerusalem. Rebuke thee. Is not this brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Now, I don't believe this is because God, I mean, that Joshua didn't have any means of doing laundry. I think... Uh, Joshua stands there in dirty clothes for a reason, and, and that is to deliver unto us a message. And he said, or rather in verse 4, And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him, and unto him he said, And behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with the change of raiment. And so we see that God is going to take the old clothes off of Joshua and put new clothes on. Now this represents, among other things, the fact that God has forgiven Joshua of his sins and taken away his sins. Now here, I think, Zechariah is making a prophetic reference to the work of Christ. Because we know that in the New Testament economy, we know that Christ takes away our sin. He washes our sin away with the blood that he shed on Calvary's cross. And he gives us a whole new life. The slate is wiped clean. Now, by the way, this didn't happen under the laws of the Old Testament. It happens under the New Testament economy with Christ washing away our sins. As I said at the very beginning of this broadcast, I pointed out that we have a lot of references by Zechariah to the future ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Zechariah said, was coming He's going to wash away the sin 
of the world and the sin of individuals. And that's going to be a grand and glorious time. And then we skip down to verse 7. So that's right, chapter 3, verse 7. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep charge, my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. And so... Here we find that Joshua is instructed to walk in my ways and I will, in effect, bless you. But Joshua is instructed to walk in the ways of the Lord. Now, by the way, that applies to us as Christians today. We are to walk in the ways of the Lord. Now this is one of the reasons why I put so much emphasis on the importance of Bible study for us as Christians. Because you see, as Christians, you and I need to walk in the ways of the Lord. And there's no way we can do that unless we spend time every day in the Word of God. We have to spend time every day in the Word of God. I think we need to pray every day. I think prayer is probably one of the most unique opportunities we have as Christians and probably something that we utilize far less than we should. I'm afraid that a lot of times we as Christians, we use prayer as an emergency telephone number but we don't use that number to talk to God casually every day. You see, I've become keenly aware as a Christian, God is interested in any and every need I have. There's no need that I have so small that I can't take it to God. Some people will say, well, if it's a small need, don't bother God with it. No, no, God loves to hear from you. He loves to hear about the small incidental needs that you have as well as the great big needs. Now, most of all, he enjoys talking to us. He enjoys fellowshipping with us. I think it's a, a great thing when you and I could go to God in prayer and we don't have any special needs to bring to the Lord's attention. We just want to say, God, I, I just want to spend time today talking to you, fellowshipping with you. And I think God enjoys that more than we could ever imagine. Um, I know that in the course of a typical day, there's certain people that I love to talk to. I look forward to talking to certain people. Amen. And most of the people I talk to, I don't have any needs to share with them. I don't have anything to gripe or complain about. I just love to talk to people and have fellowship with them. You know? And I think it's the same way with God. 
God thoroughly enjoys having fellowship with us and talking to us and seeing what we have. Now, I want you to know that as we dive further into the book of Zechariah, we're going to have many wonderful things to see. Like I say, a lot of this book is prophetic. A lot of this book sheds light on the future ministry of Christ. And it is a great way to prepare us for our upcoming study of the New Testament, which will be coming up in the not-too-distant future. Now, next time, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and read the fourth and fifth chapters of Zechariah. We might get that far. We may not get that far, but I want you to be prepared. So I want you to read for next time the fourth and fifth chapters of Zechariah. Now, by the way, if you have any Bible study questions or prayer requests, I'd love to hear from you. I've got two different email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com, and the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. Now, if you would like to contact me the old-fashioned way, the snail mail way, I've got a snail mail address. It's warrenlandis, 80 Thruston Street. That's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510. That's apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. Now, the apartment number is very important because without the apartment number, I won't get it. That's Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. And like I say, I would love to hear from you. And if you give me permission, I'll be glad to share your prayer request with my unseen, unnumbered radio audience and... Uh, and even the questions that you have, I'll be glad to answer those on the radio as well. And that way, not only you benefit from it, but so do other people as well. Well, um, that's about all the time for this particular broadcast. Uh, many of you have noticed I'm not the most long-winded preacher in the world. I, I take very seriously... Um, the advice I got from a deacon back when I was in college. He gave me some great advice. He said, Warren, you need to remember that the mind will not absorb more than the seat can endure. Think about that. The mind will not absorb more than the seat can endure. And so I developed what I call the KISS formula for preaching. It's called Keep It Short and Simple. You know, you don't have to go to graduate school in order to figure out what I'm trying to teach. I, I try to teach in a way that's very direct, very simple, uh, very easy to understand. I've always been that way and I always will be that way. So there you have it. Well, uh, until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you. And guess what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.